It's Tuesday, May 31st, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, from income investor James Early, and from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager. Guys, good to see you. Good to see you, Chris. Intel's got a new device, and Amazon's got a little list. Those stories in a moment. But first, shares of Nokia down big today after the company warned its second quarter sales and margins will be, quote, substantially lower. Joe Mager, I will pick on you first. I mean, we, we hear warnings from companies from time to time. When they contain the phrase substantially lower, um, obviously it's very bad for Nokia's stock. How bad are things right now for Nokia's business? Pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. Uh, they're a huge company, and they're making a considerable sum. So it's not as though these guys are going under anytime soon. However, they are getting punched in the nose right now by Android devices. And realistically, there's no sign of a turnaround on that anytime soon. We knew this was going to get worse before it got better because we'd heard rumblings that they were having to cut prices on their latest smartphone offerings. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, they're moving to the Windows phone later this year. And while that's a good strategic move in the long run, in the short term, nobody wants to buy a Symbian-powered smartphone from Nokia because they know that system isn't going to be developed around in the future. So it's going to be a tough road, at least for the next couple quarters. Yeah, uh, James, I was going to say, um, you know, Microsoft, there's, there's this partnership here. If you're Microsoft and you're watching this today, you're watching shares of Nokia just fall off the table. How do you suppose they're feeling? It can't, it can't in- be settling. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and they're they're big in, in the third world. They're big in emerging markets. You know, they still have market share here too. But look, Jordash was popular at one time. <laughs> Pierre Cardin was popular at one time. And where are they now? So, what's Nokia to do? Maybe maybe corner the market for prepaid mobile phones at Seven Eleven. I mean, aside from the 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 Microsoft thing, that's like their one big chance to still be legitimate. Charlie, what do you think? There was foreshadowing of this, you know, months ago when uh, Stephen Elop came in and said we're on a burning platform. And like Joe said, you knew it was going to get worse before it got better. And we're in the worst phase. You know, the guy was brought in in uh, late 2010 to execute a turnaround. And this is, you know, uh, businesses like this that are big do not turn around in a matter of months. This is a multi-year endeavor. You know, and with the stock getting crushed, I would not quite say it's a buying opportunity. And I would say keep an eye on it and wait for signs of improvement. Yeah, shares of Nokia are now trading where they were trading in 1998. So, um, it, I mean, Joe, you're, you're... I'd say that's fair. Yeah. It sounds right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a growing market, but they're getting completely left behind by better, savvier, cheaper competitors. I mean, the problem is they don't... Well, they're no longer going to be making their own operating system. And all these other box makers, effectively, these small or once small startups that are now cranking out phones in mass very cheaply are putting out Android phones that are very cheap and competitive, and they just can't hang. So, uh, Joe, as a value investor, when you look at this stock, which is at its lowest point in 13 years, do you think it's it's a value play or is it a value trap? I'd say a trap. I mean, that definitely excites you when you hear that kind of fall off. But at the same time... It doesn't excite me. It excites you. Right. Well, it, it you know, tickles my value bone. But <laughs> I won't I, ask where that bone is. Uh, we won't worry about that. But yeah, no, I, I think they're in a very tough spot strategically over five to ten years. Now, I could see, hypothetically, the Windows phone, maybe they roll out a big one phone success, maybe Q4, Q1. Color me skeptical, both because the Windows platform has been tremendously unsuccessful on smartphones and their terrible track record, Nokia, is on pumping out attractive smartphones. Charlie, uh, Stephen Elop, the CEO, comes to you. 
looking for advice, what do you tell them? Uh, keep plowing forward with this Windows partnership because they got it all in bet and it's really the last bet they have and they have no choice but to go hard at it and see what comes about. You know, when I'm looking at a company like Nokia and instead of looking at the price to earnings ratio, I'm looking at price to tangible book, you know there's a problem. Um, you know, the saving grace there, not just that they have this Microsoft partnership, but they have $11 billion in net cash to work with um, so they can buy themselves some time. But, you know, like Joan James has said, there's a lot of issues here to work through. James, you agree with that? I, I do. I mean, I, I think they have potential with the Microsoft thing, but they, they really should go after the third world more. I mean, their second-rate phones sound bad, but there are a lot of people who, who would buy them uh, outside of the U.S. who don't need the, the very latest technology, who don't mind something that's, you know, two or three times the size of what they could have, or just, just less functional. It still makes sense for a lot of people. At an electronics expo in Taiwan, Intel disclosed plans for a new device it is calling the Ultrabook. It will combine the power of a laptop with the features of a tablet computer. And it's expected to be available this holiday season, retailing for under $1,000. James, um, uh, Intel is a recommendation of your service. Um, what do you think of this news and this opportunity? Chris, I went on record as calling the, the iPad the El Camino of computing, meaning a car truck that's sort of neither of either world. Um, and this one is sort of like, I mean, to switch analogies, if, if, this, if, if the, the iPad was sort of northwest, in, in between two directions, in between an iPhone and a computer, this would be like north by northwest, it sounds like, something sort of in between that. So maybe it's a, a Chevy Avalanche, but that kind of bombed. Or maybe it could be an <laughs> SUV, just in general, uh, which was a very practical, functional vehicle. It, it all depends on how much functionality people want and how cool it is. I mean, let's face it, the iPad is, is cooler than it is functional. You have people like my dad who bought it and it's, hey, it's really cool at first, but now he's wondering, what, what do you do with it? Um, and I think there are other people like that out there too. So the keyboard to me is, is a big step forward. Charlie, the, uh, the iPad in, in many ways sort of created a new market. Do you think that this Ultrabook device for Intel could create its own market? Well, so, uh, you know, the media is drawing the comparisons with the iPad just because of the size and weight issues. But in terms of actual functionality, it's closer to the Mac Air. You know, it's a full-fledged, uh, you know, laptop-type device that's very lightweight, and it'll give you the uh, full workhorse kind of power you want with a keyboard to run all sorts of software and apps um, that you don't get on the iPad. Now, you know, if you go onto the Apple site and look at a Mac Air, those run Intel processors. So Intel's not really aiming at that product, and, you know, that's why, um, you know, the iPad, which runs these ARM processors um, that James is talking about, you know, that's that's kind of the comparison, and that's the market Intel wants to get into, even though the form of the device itself is nothing like an iPad. So do you think that um, if this isn't an iPad killer, um, does a device like the Ultrabook in some way um, contain the tablet market? Does it some way, in some way marginalize or, or put a ceiling on the tablet market? Yeah, it could be an iPad choker or an iPad mild suffocator. I mean, it doesn't have to actually <laughs> kill it, but, but it could put a damper on things. But I will say this, Chris, that the bigger, the bigger story to me is, is the fact that Intel is actually getting into the mobile market. Seriously, with this, they have long lagged behind ARM, which has like 90% of the mobile market, whereas Intel has 90% of the PC market. So ARM is really the Intel of the, of the mobile market, but now in, Intel uh, is, is making chips that don't require as much power. They're putting a lot more R&D behind this. So hopefully this is the beginning of more good things to come. Joe, you've had an iPad on the table in front of you. What gets you? Right. What I love James. like, I don't know how people use this. And I'm like <laughs> sitting here flipping through it while he's talking. <laughs> you weren't actually listening to what he was saying? Nah, I don't know. So what gets you 
to plunk down $1,000 over the holiday season. For an ultrabook? For an ultrabook. I'll tell you, I'm not going to get an ultrabook, although I, I do see the appeal, and I totally agree with Charlie, that it's not going after the iPad. It's, it's trying to bring people back to notebooks. I'm getting a Chromebook in two weeks, and I'm looking forward to replacing my Microsoft-powered, or powered, however you want to define it, uh, notebook that takes forever to start and doesn't work half the time with a device that costs half as much and is actually functional. You sure you don't That's want to a wait? wacky concept. You, don't, you sure you don't want to wait for the holiday season? Maybe someone gets it for you as a gift. Yeah, I'm pretty know. tired of my Windows not <laughs> yeah. working. And finally, Amazon has compiled a list of the best-read cities in America based on book, magazine, and newspaper sales since January 1st. Number one on the list, guys, Cambridge, Massachusetts, home to Harvard University. Number two on the list, though, Alexandria, Virginia, home of the Motley Fool. I mean, we can, can read. We can. <laughs> we're literate here. Uh, to what extent do you think the Motley Fool contributed to this, Joe? Probably a good bit. We're pretty nerdy. We read a lot. Yeah, and there tend to be a lot of Amazon boxes being delivered here. I, I like to think we helped out in some way. I, I order a ton from Amazon. I don't order investment books, ironically, but I do order a lot. So, I, I barely read it all. <laughs> All right, then I won't direct this to you, at least initially, Charlie. James, what, uh, for our listeners out there, what is a, a must-read book uh, that you've read? And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be business or finance. In fact, frankly, I'd prefer it if it weren't. Sure, sure. I've, I've read a very bizarre book once called Gun Running for Fun and Profit, uh, which was uh, about this guy like, telling you how he learned to smuggle guns uh, among countries. And it, it was pretty interesting. But for, for a more practical book, I'm, I'm a big fan of Getting Things Done by David Allen. This has really changed my life, uh, sort of how to be organized in, in a sense and, and get your life uh, structured in a way that you get your stuff done with a lot less effort. So I like that, too. So getting your life organized and gun running. So it sounds like a couple of how-to books. That you I'm a big how-to guy, yeah. <laughs> Joe, what about you? Fiction? Got to be fiction? It, no, it can be anything. All right. It can, can be I, Good Night Moon for all I care, yeah. but just, just one book that you're like, no, 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 whoever you are, you got you to check this book. All right. Out. I'm going to go with In the Plex by Stephen Levy. Uh, it just came out. It's a new book on Google. He was granted unprecedented access to the founders of the company and all the people who work there. Incredibly insightful. Gives a lot of backstory of the company, but more important, just gets you into the mindset of how these, how these guys think. It's very powerful stuff. Uh, it's a must-read if you're a business student. Uh, I'm an, I rarely read fiction, but uh, I'm going to go with The Killer Angels, which is a historical uh, fiction book about the Battle of Gettysburg. And it's, it's told sort of from both, the, the side, you know, both sides, the North and the South. And it's just an amazing read and obviously a very pivotal point in our nation's history. And, and just uh, I, I couldn't put it down. Charlie? I do actually have a book. I, I actually You do enjoy, read. I, I'm, I enjoy read. reading. I just being a little <laughs> investing snarky. Investing-related or not? Not, not investing-related. And uh, my book would be uh, Life of Pi from Yen Martel. Uh, it came out about 10 years ago, and it's the story of an Indian boy who gets shipwrecked on the Pacific Ocean with a handful of animals, including a hyena, orangutan, and a Bengal tiger. And you get to read about his uh, you know, survival story. And the book is about much more than that, but I am not going to ruin it for you and just say go read it. Is this? I mean, this sounds like something that is just tailor-made to be made into a movie. It is going to be made is into it? a movie. Okay. Uh, Ang Lee, I believe, is directing it. But you know how this goes with movies. They announce a director, and then, you know, they change this over all these times. But right now, it's Ang Lee. So we'll have to wait a little bit. Yeah. All right. Charlie Travers, James Early, Joe Mager. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Career. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 